We're gonna jam, dude? Yeah, what do you wanna play? Black Black Dog? Yeah. It ain't rock and roll. Was it rock and roll? Which one you wanna do? Right. Which one you wanna do? I wanna do Black Dog. Alright. Okay, so talk about Howard Benson. I mean, you were the king of layering, 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 layering. The Daughtry record was a big record for us. It was a big record for me because it's 2006 and he didn't have a band. And it was me, I think it was Josh Freeze and, yeah. and Paul Bushnell. Yeah. And we were the band. And they, we'd get these acoustic guitar and demo thingies and then have to build into this huge production. And it was usually, when all the drums were done, we spent a day on just guitars for each song. A day first per song. Yeah. So, but we would, uh, we, we, like, I mean, for me, it was instinctual. You know, like, if I, I heard a song and, the, and say, uh, it's, on, it's not over now. Yeah. I'll be very specific. Yeah. We heard. And I'm like, yeah. well, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So the riff at the beginning of the song on a really cool guitar, I believe it was my um, 1960s, uh, Galliano, made by Hoffner. So it was a 12 string that I, I uh, strung as a six. It had these really cool pickups. And I just, Mike put it through this amazing compressor and the part was. First start singing and then, and then halfway through I just, uh, In the verse, still the verse. Still the verse. And then when you put the vocal in, it was like. So that's the like core. Good job, Phil. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's kind of, because you have to. And because that, that, that creates such a mood. It really did. Instead of just strumming an acoustic. Yeah. That sounds so campfire sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want that vibe with this vocal. His singing is so powerful yeah. Yeah. that you have to not only compliment it, but try to create the same mood that his vocals creating. And the lyric, it's not over. That's yeah. a, that can be a very touchy subject. Yeah. So, and then we started getting big in the pre-chorus and it was something like, I don't know if these are the right chords. It was kind of like, a, let me, I'm gonna add a little bit of this here. That kind of thing, it's just yeah. rock chords now, right? But underneath it, I, I did something like a, I love harmonics. Right. So it's kind of like, wait. Something like that, right? You put that in the chorus. No. Where were the harmonics coming in? In the pre-chorus. That kind of thing, right? So you, you, you just, and it's going with the vocal. So what I'm saying is that that first kind of like that arpeggiated thing was the, the whole intro verse. Yeah. And then when you get to the pre-chorus, did you move from that arpeggiated thing to this other thing? Yes. Okay, that's so the pre-chorus is like, now we're building it. Driving. So it's got to be the middle section. Yeah. It's got to be the section that bridges. But you got to save it for the chorus, too. Yeah, and the chorus is big power chords. Right. But then you're doing something like, uh, so. It's just the eighth notes, right? So you got to do something that makes it more interesting. So he's saying it's not over. So I'm a I'm a counter melody answer kind of guy. Yeah. So say I was going. Yeah. 
something like that, right? That's but what if I answer, what if I echo the line? So, it's not over. Oh, yeah. Um, right. So, and then one's an answer and one's a harmony. Yeah. And then before you know it, it sounds orchestrated. Yeah. It's not just the guys in the garage. Are you doubling all these things or just? Well, so it depends on producers, right? Yeah. Uh, like Howard, they love doubling everything. Well, not everything. Sometimes we'll put something interesting on the left, yeah. something else interesting on right. the right. But it wouldn't be uncommon on the dot, the first dot you record to look, open up the session and see 18 guitars. So there's a, for the big chorus, we would have a left and a right, and then we'd call it a triple and a quad, the exact same thing with a different guitar and a different amp. Oh, wow. Now the thing is, is one's gotta be big and meaty and one has to be very defined. You hear every note, yeah. it's clear. So people thought, man, that's a lot of gain. It's not a lot of gain. Yeah. You almost think it's a, a lot of gain because it's so big. And there was one song, I did a video, a, a video about it um, on Instagram a couple of months ago. And it was, uh, there's a song on that record called uh, What I Want. And it's Slash came in and did a cameo solo on it. But the rhythm guitars on that song, I'm so proud of. Because I put licks in it and stuff. I put, yeah. like, there would be, like, a turnaround as opposed to just going copy and paste. And yeah, 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 yeah. And the cool thing, the sound was, you know, like, I started playing Unchained with the tune. With the, I got the guitar on. It's the wrong guitar for Van Halen. It's a, you know, a, a Marshall Major, which is 200 watts. And we got it heating up. And I started playing Unchained because it was drop C sharp. And I look at Mike, and Mike looks at me and goes, holy shit. This has got to be the tone. Okay, let's, let's make it the tone. And then I just started rocking all these things on top of that song, and it was so good. I just, I love memories like that. Yeah. I love memories of being able to just, and once you get into song eight, it's kind of like, what do we do now? But then it just happens. Song 11. Oh, my God. We've probably done everything. Yeah. But we didn't do this. <laughs> oh, that's. And it, it's, it's like we were on a roll. That whole record was meant to be. That's yeah. how it feels. That's the beautiful thing about playing a whole record like that, because then you're looking at the whole record as like one big song yeah. with all these movements. So you don't repeat, repeat, repeat. And that's the record where that was my calling card. That record was a producer saying, hey, let's get the guy that did the Daughtry record. And I did one record. I, I love this story. I got a, a session contractor calls me. She goes, hi, I'm the session contractor for so-and-so. And I'm like, what's the session contractor? <laughs> I don't know what that is. She goes, well, I, he doesn't call you. I do. I'm like, great. She goes, are you available to come in and do this on, say, Tuesday? I'm like, yes. And then um, she goes, he wanted me to make sure that you bring the acoustic you used on the Daughtry record for home. I'm like, wow, that's really specific. She goes, yeah, that's how we work. <laughs> so, and I thought, that's, that's cool that they even knew to ask that. I know, right? They love that sound. I'm like, you know there's 40,000 different miking techniques once yeah, you have yeah. even the same acoustic thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But everybody's aware of that. And what mics? Well, that's... I've had this thing where they say... What? I have to call Mike Plotnikoff. Hey, man, can you do this session with me? Oh, well, yeah, well, if they don't want another engineer because they have an engineer. Yeah, I know. And I go, can you ask Hatch? Remember Hatch? Yeah. Can you ask Hatch what microphone we used on the... Yeah. Because yeah. I don't... Mike, Mike is like me. It's like... That amp, that guitar, go. He's like, that microphone, go. 
And if Max doesn't write it down, we don't remember nothing. Of course. Dude, I mean, that. how about this one? They, they clip, we want this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this, and you get there and you do it, and they're like, no, we didn't, we don't want that. But, you know what I mean? That they, happens too. Yeah, and that's cool. You know what? Let it flow it wherever it goes, you know, as long as you end up with a touchdown. But you know what's funny? There was one, I can't even, I, I should come in ready. Like, there's a song, because uh, we recorded the, the first Orianti record. Howard Benson did yeah. that. So he, uh, she didn't, she just like, she liked the Dodger record. I'm coming in, I go, so what am I doing? She's like, I want you to play all the rhythms and then I'll just do the solos. I'm like, right. great, no problem. Yeah. So a song came in and for the Orianti record and uh, you hear the demo and you can, you know it needs a verse part. Right. right? So I come up with the verse part and uh, lay it down, it goes out. Six months later, I'm working on a Kelly Clarkson song, a new Kelly Clarkson song. And the verse part in the, on the Kelly Clarkson demo was the part I recorded on Orianti's record. Same producer? No, different producer, found a demo. They just stole my verse idea, made a Kelly Made it into song. a demo for the next, yeah. And then I'm like, Mike's like, is this going to be weird? I go, what? Well, learning your part. Yeah. <laughs> I go, I got to change it a little. Can't yeah, you're going to have one. To, yeah. And he goes, yeah, that, that makes sense. And then, the, you know, the record company always goes, hey, so, you know, we got a little demoitis over here. And uh, why did he change that part? He goes, because it's the part that he played on another hey, record. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Jesus. Isn't that funny? What about like Chris Cornell? What the heck did you, what was that like? What was, because the songs are all different and yeah. than like Kelly Clarkson or Daughtry. That was, um, first of all, one experience. Yeah, yeah. Because it was, you know, they call me and they say, hey, uh, we want you to play a, on a Kelly Clarkson song. He did, Chris did a whole record with Timbaland. Yeah. And it was very not rock. Oh, what? I didn't like they, it at all. It was like completely different. This label was like, you know, we got to put out a rock single. So we're going to send you over to Howard Benson. So it was me and Josh, I think, again. And we were playing on the Chris Cornell song. And Chris wasn't there. And then I went in the next day. And then I was playing um, all the guitars to his guide vocal. So that was, oh, my God. Yeah. Chris's voice is yeah. coming through the speakers. Yeah. And I'm playing guitar. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. And he, again, he wasn't there. So I was kind of bummed I didn't get to meet him. Yeah. But then the next day I get a call and, hey, man, can you come in tomorrow at eight o'clock? I'm like, well, I, I got something, but what is it? And he's like, well, Chris wants to be here when you lay down the solo. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, another problem. Uh, I can't make it to the other person. Yeah, right. Um, so it was, uh, I went in and he sat on the couch and I came in and I was like, oh my God, my guitars, his voice coming out of the near field. He's sitting on the couch and he's, he wants, they want me to do a solo, right? So I dip into my deep, deep, okay, I'm going to use bazooki tuning. It's going to be melodic yet fiery. And I lay something down. And when I'm in the studio doing a solo, it's like a month's date. Yeah, I know. I'm bouncing around the room. I know, I've seen you. I can't sit down. Yeah. I think I gotta, you know. And then I finish it. He goes, wow, that was really good, but I think you need a little more gain. I don't know. Yeah, but it looked good, right? 
And he laughed, and I'm like, I broke the ice with Chris Cornell. Yeah. What was the songs like? Were they? And were they? One song. It was called uh, uh, Long Gone. Was it anything like? No, no, it's. But no, it was not like song. It was just an amazing song with a wicked, wicked vocal performance. Right, of course. And then I got to do my thing, and then it was, and but I, you know, it's funny. I um, I made a video on and saw my YouTube channel, Phil X Eleven Eleven, of me breaking down what I played on it. Wow! And, and he had passed, and I turned on the session. I mean, uh, the put the song up, and I was like, "Fuck! I nailed it, man." It's such a beautiful yeah. intro, guitar intro. I, I, you know what? I, I couldn't even play it for you right now because I don't remember. It's been so many songs ago. But, my, you know, I, I don't like being the guy in the studio. Hey, man, let's take a selfie before we track. I hate being that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that's the one selfie I didn't get. I regret. Because he's not with us anymore. I, I got one with him. I did Kennedy Center honors with him. Yes. Check this one out. So this is my first Kennedy Center honors. We're honoring the Who. So he's the one that's going. You won't get fooled again. Perfect. Okay. But and Dave Grohl did. Uh, who are you? Who are you? Who? Anyway. So I got his text number. And this is the first, I didn't know that they Kennedy Center honors they edit a lot. Oh. When he came out to you won't get fooled again. For some reason he wanted to sing with a mic cable, not a wireless. He came out there, he's the last guy, the last of the whole show, Cable came out. So what they do in a situation like that is that we're told to sit in our chair in our, where we are on stage, producers talking to the MD, audience leaves, and they're doing a hold, and they're trying to see if they could use what was in the rehearsal. They film the rehearsal. Wow. But without the singer. So the, he wasn't singing, so they had no backup. The band sounded great. So let's say the band makes a mistake. They could grab from the rehearsal and they're doing close-ups on the dress rehearsal of the band. Yeah. Purposely for that. Yeah. But he didn't, the, the artist is not singing the dress rehearsal. So now we have to redo it. So I thought, cool. Everybody leaves. Yeah. It's after 11 hour a day. Yeah. So we're like, oh, cool, that's great. So the show comes on a month later and I'm like, Chris, man, it's gonna rock, rock. And they go through the artist and all of a sudden, Wait a minute, they're editing the shit out of the shit. They edited Chris's whole thing out. I felt so horrible. Because now I'm going like, I didn't know they'd do that. So I'm like testing Chris. And then it's like, all of a sudden I'm like, what the fuck happened? It's out there. You can see it on YouTube. Oh, man. But I got a selfie with him. That's harsh, though. Yeah. Yeah. God, I had no idea. I would never text. I learned about TV when I was, uh, I played Leno with, uh, with uh, Rob, Rob Zombie and um, Lionel Richie. We did Brick House. Because it was, because <laughs> it was on, uh, it's on the soundtrack for House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh. Rob was promoting the movie. So we did it. And it was funny because Rob calls me and goes, hey man, um, I don't have a band right now and I got to do Leno. Uh, I'm going to use the guys that played on the track. Do you want to play on Leno with me? And I'm like, holy shit, yeah, dude. Did you record that track? Yeah. And then he said, over at Scott Humphreys, and then he said, uh, there's only a catch. I'm like, what's the catch? He goes, you gotta wear zombie makeup. And I'm like, that ain't a catch. That's pretty damn cool, right? <laughs> what's it like doing, what was Rob Zombie's whole deal? No, we did it kind of funky. That's why Lionel Richie was there. So I love the parts, because 
Like a... Yeah. And I think it's two parts together. I, I kind of go like a... Oh, right. Cleaner sound. But isn't that chord? Yeah. So I did, and then we did that, and then obviously there was a oh, yes. heavy guitars, and then some wailing at the end. That's the main part that everyone. Yeah. That everybody. So, so he's creating vocals, and then it's freezing, like you said. Yeah. You get into a studio, stu uh, like a TV studio. It's freezing, so everybody stays awake, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And then so they had a a, a rapper do a, a middle bridge rap, right. and she got lost. So the guy Richie and Lionel came, Lionel and. So Rob came in late on the section. So we were killing it and we had a horn section too, doing the horn. Yeah. And and then I was so bummed. I'm like, oh man. And they're like, oh, everybody please hold. Going again in five. Oh. I'm like, going again? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, we, so we nailed it that time. I, I personally thought that the band sounded better the first. Right. But the second take. Everybody played their parts right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it's, it's kind of funny how all that works, right? Yeah. Whole other world. Oh, it's a whole other world. And either everybody working in the studio, like the crew is on cocaine or just love their job. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's so happy. Yeah. Hey, Bill, you got everything you need? Yeah. Hey, that was really good. We're gonna, could you move a little bit this way? And, um, and then it was, my ex was in the audience. Yeah. She goes, you know, when, on the next take, if you stand, Two feet to your left, you'll be in the shop more. Yeah, with the lead singer. <laughs> right? So I got back in there. And then they also said, uh, Chris Cheney was like, hey man, if you get a mic, you make more money. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I'm doing backgrounds anyways. Yeah, okay, good. I, I completely blew that whole thing. All those times <laughs> I was with bands. Should I, 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 a vocal mic, please, yeah, on the drummer. I could have gotten more money. I, so, you know, I was just happy, to, just I was just happy to be there. Even if you just lip sync something, right? Exactly. Ah. Turn my mic off, but I'm yeah. singing. Exactly. So, hey, that guy doesn't have a cable in his mic. So, <laughs> all right, so give me, uh, like, so if you were doing something for like Abel Levine or Kelly Clarkson, that's a whole nother world. You know what, if you, if you picture like, I didn't do it, but one of the coolest songs that she had was Since You've Been Gone. Yeah. And it's just like, a... it's like cleaner sound. Cleaner is and then it picks up in the, in the, in the, in the, like obviously in the chorus, it gets yeah. shoot. But it, it, so many things were like a drone note and a melody. Like... That kind of thing. There's always something, it's gotta be catchy, hooky. Um, Is this for Abel? It's any girl. Yeah. Any girl, any of them. Again, that sounded terrible. Yeah. <laughs> But, but no, it's like, I mean, even when I was doing, um, the songs that I did with Avril were uh, with uh, Ray Maida. He's uh, the singer of Our Lady Peace. Right. But he produced six songs. I think it was six songs on, on the one record. And uh, there was some, no, wait, it was only two songs. He produced six songs on Kelly Clarkson's second record. Oh, okay. And it was one of those things. And it was like, it's a really, that one was like, what? Is that the part you came up with? No, it was there. Wow. But that's the part. It's getting the tone, nailing the thing, and then to- Did the, you double that part? Did you create, did you copy that part? Because that was the, the demo, they would love that? 
Yeah, yeah basically, there was a song called uh, um, whatever. Two weeks later, not two weeks, say two months later, I walk into the Habit to grab a burger, and the song's playing on over the speakers, and that's when you know you're playing on a pop record. Yeah, like there was when I played on Gavin McGraw and Kelly Clarkson. I went to the gym a couple of months later and I'm on the, the elliptical machine and I hear the Gavin the Gras single and right after I hear the Kelly Clarkson single, I kick that elliptical machine's ass. Yeah. <laughs> I go, this is me! I know. I love that, man. That, those, God. I mean, you got it. It has to happen all the time. Dude, I got, I, it was five in a row was my record and the, and, the, and the first song I didn't even remember. You know what? It was a Canadian artist. It was Amanda Marshall. Yeah. I forgot. I, you know, you know, you know, you play a song a couple of times, you, you don't hear it. And then all of a sudden it comes out and you go like, God, that's not, that's. She's a great singer. She's great. She's amazing. I remember that, her. That was a situation where like, the, where somebody has a, she, she went diamond in Canada, which is, um, that's a million. That's going to be a million. It's a million in Canada. One less zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She went and then she decided, no, nah, I got to use a different producer, different band, do for everything. Didn't quite work out the same way. Well, I, I got lucky because, I mean, again, you leave your thumbprint. I leave my thumbprint. You know, we did the first Dachi record. He put a band together, went on the road. Yeah. And then when he came back to do the second record, he said, Howard, I want to use my band. And Howard's like, are you sure? And he's like, yes. And Howard's like, okay. How'd that work out? Well, at, you know, drums went down, bass went down, right? Guitars are going down. And then Mike Plotnikov goes, hey, Chris, I think, I think we got to call Phil. And he's like, I don't want to call Phil. He's like, I think we need to call Phil. Yeah. Yeah. No, Howard said that. Yeah. And then he asked Mike. Yeah. Did Mike, Howard thinks we should call Phil. What do you think? He goes, well, you got to admit, Phil set the bar pretty high on that first record. Uh, his absence will be missed. Well, you created the parts. The other guy was playing the parts. Yeah, and they were trying. It's to one thing parts. to play the parts. Right. It's another thing to create the parts. So they're trying to take the parts that I created on the first record and apply them to the second record, but it's a whole new record, different songs and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they called me and I went in and, and the guys brooded about it. Like I'm laying down. I've been there. Cars and the guy's sitting on the couch like. Yeah. yeah, I've been there. I've been, okay, how about this? I've been there. I've been in the same situation, different artist, different guitar player. I'm laying down, I'd come up with this part. And the guitar player is on the couch going, I could do that. Yeah. Of course he can. And Mike goes, no, Bobby, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike is usually so polite. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's, it's, look, it's so easy to say I can do that. Yeah, you can do that, but can you create that? Can you come up with that idea with that sound under the gun right now? Yeah, you can play that because you just saw him play it. Right. And you think he can play it, number one. Oh, dude, I, I remember a guy going like, they had me come in and do one song. And what they'd been doing with him, they'd been spending this drummer, they'd spend a day or two editing every measure to get it to sound great. And he'd go, honestly, well, you got Kenny in here. I'll just listen to my other tracks. I went, are you kidding me? We Frankensteined your shitty drum tracks. All the life out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I come in and, because I write every note out, two takes, I'm done with feel. Yeah. With, and wait, I got to say that about you. You're reading it, but it doesn't sound like it. No, I know. And this guy, he's like, oh, you wanted to sound, have life. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. I mean, they do that to guitarists too nowadays, right? Yeah. Like, hey, man, we don't have much of a budget. Coffee guy, you play guitar, right? Get in here. 
and they pro tool it to death. Yeah. And that's what no vibe. That's what sucks is that when people say that's okay. Yeah. It's not okay. Yeah. Oh my God, not in my own never. I'll go down fighting with that, man. No, are you kidding me? You know, like, I, I bet you can relate to this. So I'm playing this real simple beat at this big music care thing, and I'm just trying to check some different symbols out. Just playing a real simple beat, and there's a drummer, oh, a real good drummer from, uh, who's playing on the show, and he's looking at me going like, what? I'm like, what? He says, how do you get that simple beat to sound so amazing? And that made me think, you know what? While I'm playing, I'll never be as great as I want to be, but I'm always going after something. I, it's in my brain and in my heart, and I'm adjusting my hands and my feet as I'm playing, chasing after this thing, you know, whatever it is. It's always trying to be that amazing thing. You must be that way too. Dude, you just said something that I hope everybody latches onto. You'll never be as great as you want to be. Yeah. I feel like that. Yeah. And you know how people come with me and go, oh my God, you're the best drummer in the world. Well, I don't think so, but thanks. Or people come to me, I put something on, you know, on Instagram and this, people will be like, this is the greatest guy out there right now. And I mean, I feel flattered by that, but it's, I got work to do, man. It's like if somebody goes, man, when are you going to play a seven string? I'm, I haven't done everything with six. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what am yeah. I going to get another string for? You know, and then it's so amazing when in your head, you could always be better. And I think that's what keeps our feet on the ground. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's what keeps us working on our craft. Yeah. I don't think you stop. You, you never know? stop. Never stop. I've said this a million times, it's like the running back who gets a touchdown in the NFL. His career is not like, hey, I've made it. You can't set it and forget it like, yeah, I got a touchdown. No, dude, you got to do it again and again and again and again. And everybody's had a different idea. Like, this was the funniest thing. Because mm -hmm. it, it makes like, okay, I played 85,000 people at Wembley Stadium with yeah. Bon Jovi with a local opener. But when Steve Lukather mentions Phil X in a Rick Beato interview, I get texts like, dude, Steve Lucas said your name. You've arrived. <laughs> I understand that because who's better than Luke, right? Uh, right. But, oh yeah, like Wembley means nothing. All right, <laughs> <laughs> oh, now Phil X in the drills. Now it's all you. Oh, yeah, oh, now wait, what's, what's that all about? I need a slide. Do I have a slide? I don't have a slide. Oh, well, it, oh, fuck, this can is, you use this? Wait, this is a song that you love. But you know what I'm saying? Like, so with Phil X, now, now you've got, it's an yeah. open palette. Can you bring me, it's in the, it's a, it's a, like a little yellow pouch that's in the case, uh, in, the, in the big pocket. You got, okay, let's talk you off the ledge. Yeah, yeah. I gotta, oh. I gotta do it. Ooh. Is that with a slide? I'll show you what I'm fucking doing. Talk off the ledge. The ledge. Oh. Uh -huh. Let's talk about it. Yeah, buddy. So I have this thing with the drills where I want to think of, uh, obviously you like the lyrics because they can be really tongue and cheeky and like read between the lines, kind of interpretive. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I want like those riffs are kind of like my lyrics. It's kind of interpretive. Like it's almost like I don't want it to be something you've heard before. Or if it is something you've heard before, there's a little twist in it. Right. So in Talking Off the Ledge, the song that you like, I wanted to make it really crazy. So. 
So, it's, so it just starts with a multi guy. And it's kind of like a. And the verse. Yeah. Because I'm a knucklehead. Yeah. I go. Right. <laughs> and why I call myself. I love that. Why I call myself a knucklehead. I love that. Because I got to sing on top of it. I got to sing on top of it in the verse. Yeah. So I'm going. You got your buddies and I'll put you down. Until it comes to think you quick again. Sit away with you, I'm in it to be over you. And started with an innocent cup of joe. Now you want to know, now you want to know. Now you want to know. I got to talk you Dude, did you do the lyrics? The, I mean, the rhythmic in your vocal first, or did you come up with the lick first? You know what I mean? Because you have to, and and you, you have to sing all that shit you on top. When people ask me how I do that, so we have another song called uh, "Kiss My Troublemaker." Yeah, I love that one. Oh, yeah. For, for me to be able to sing on top of that, yeah. I gotta wind it way low. You, you've lost yourself inside your sorrow. Okay, sorrow's on this. What? You're all stuck inside your head. Okay, head is on the upstroke here. Dude. And then I speeded the tempo and I got it. But it's, yeah, it's like doing math, man. Totally, totally, like, totally like coordination. Up the wazoo. The thing is, you th the cool thing about like your songs and the drill songs, it doesn't sound like anybody but you. I mean, there's no, it doesn't sound like anything to me. It's like I can't go like, oh, that sounds like, it doesn't. It's all different and unique. And, and if I do do something that's similar, it's a, an homage. Like there's a song on that yeah. Volume Two record that we were talking about, Super Looking's Volume One. I'm sorry, that's called. Uh, um, Total Van Halen. Yeah. And it was like 40 years after Van Halen 1 came out that we recorded it. Yeah. And uh, I wanted an homage to Ed and the band. But the cool thing is that when, when I do uh, the solo, like, okay, so the song's like, it's the hyper boogie, right? <laughs> that kind of thing, right? So when I'm doing that, you have that whole, uh, you know what it is. I go, okay, this is an homage to Van Halen. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a so this solo, I want it to be like I'm the one where there's key changes. And then, so I do the solo where there's key changes and, but I'm doing Phil X licks. I'm not doing Eddie licks. Right. So it's got to, I'm in. Oh, I see. That's the homage, yeah. So that's, that's how I felt like, uh, it was kind of like, like, I mean, my signature licks are like a, That kind of stuff, right? 
So that's me. That doesn't sound like anybody but you. Yeah, buddy. I can't say, I can't say that sounds like anybody. No, it was funny going, I'm going to go back to Steve Lukather one time because I was playing at, uh, I've been friends with Trev, Trevor Lukather yeah. for a really long time. Finally gets his dad to come out to see the drills at the Roxy. So now I'm playing at the Roxy with the drills and Steve standing right there. Yeah. And it's freaking me out. <laughs> And what freaks me out even more is I go into a solo and he gets a little closer to see what I'm doing. Yeah. And he backs up when I'm done. And now I'm really freaking out. He's getting closer. <laughs> you know, like that. And then I did that same lick in another drill song called Sunny Days. When it goes... It's that crazy stuff, right? Yeah. But he came up to me on the street and he said, hey, you did this one like where your hand was going one way, but it sounded like it was going another way. And I'm like, bleh, 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 bleh. yeah, 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 yeah. Steve, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> you never get past that. I know. But he's such a great dude, man. He's he, he lives, uh, I go over and have coffee at his house all the time. We, he, after that Roxy gig, he invited me to see his band at the... Just a, his, his own band. His band, right? His own at, band. Uh, at the Big Potato. Oh, you mean that one he... This far away. Panos, uh, and then... And, Panos, yeah. And, and uh, uh, Jorgen on bass. Yeah. Yep. It was so good. That's badass. I was blown away. Yeah. And so after that, we, um, we went and he took me out to sushi at his favorite sushi place. And we're sitting there and he's like, you know what I like about you? And I'm like, what? He's like, you're reckless. You just get up there and do your thing and you don't care. Yeah. Well, he's really hard. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but you got that. He goes, yeah, he's totally that. I don't have that. I go... Dude, I just saw you at the baked potato. You smoked he it. He does have that. Yeah. He's always, he's so humble. He's so humble. He's so humble. Remember it at the, uh, at the, uh, G4. Yeah, G4. When he goes, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing here. Everybody's yeah. better than me. I'm like, shut up. Yeah, I know. It's like, I'm... I, what? I love him so much. And he's so inspiring. I know. And what I told, a natural. You know, you know what he liked? Natural. You know what he liked? When I said, uh, I saw you at the baked potato, it made me go home and practice. He said that? I said that to him. Wow. Of course. Well, that's like, good. That's a compliment. You, you're not just saying that? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm not just saying that, man. Yeah. I swear. I watched you play. I went home to practice. Yeah. That's what you do. That's what you do to everybody. Yeah. And that's what you should yeah. do to everybody, man. Yeah. We aspire to inspire to be inspired. Yeah. Right? That's the biggest compliment you get when yeah. someone says, I want to, you inspired me to inspire me, period. Exactly. You know. So you got that, um. Les Paul there. Yeah. What's the difference in, I mean, obviously there's a big difference in sound. Yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an SG guy most of the time. Oh, let me. You don't have to play it. I don't have to? You don't have to. You can stay on the SG. I want to pick this up so I can turn the light on. Wait, do you, uh, now with Bon Jovi, do you, uh, ooh. Hey, you still sound like you. Um, That's right. Okay, so like what I was talking about in the, uh, you know, when we were talking about playing in Bon Jovi and respecting the band. Right. Respecting the Richie. Yeah, of course. Respecting the fans. So it all comes down to making the right decisions per song. Yeah. Right? Like there's something about um, straying, you can't stray. But if I, so obviously like... Uh, And so forth. You're living on a prayer. You can't stray from that solo, right? 
But when I'm doing Keep the Faith, it's kind of like start it like Richie and then go off the rails kind of like. Kind of thing. It was the John must love that because it's like it's witchy, but then it's uh... well. There was one video, and I think I posted it when it came out. It, I don't know if it was 2017, 2018. Um, I did that, and the look on his face was, "Oh no, he likes it or he doesn't like it." <laughs> and he goes, "That was a kick-ass solo," <laughs> and he holds his arm out, giving me the bow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, with Bon Jovi, do you have a, like a lot of guitars? Well, or you stay pretty much on one? No, it's like fifteen. Yeah, yeah. What has the tunings? Tunings. Yeah. Plus, you know, you can't play the same, um, same. You can't use the same guitar for "Raise Your Hands." Oh yeah. And uh, "Lost Highway." Yeah. Right. So one's a single coil, one's a humbucker. Yeah. For sure. And then sometimes you want to use a Les Paul, and sometimes you want to use like, you know, when you play. Uh, when you play, for instance, I'll be there for you. You need a strat. There's some bluesy licks in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I go back and forth. I love a Les Paul for something like uh Bed of Roses, cause you need the neck pickup. Right. You know, it's got this sweet, velvety, yeah. smooth woman tone with the yeah. it's 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 something that you really need. And for me, I'll uh a lot of guys, you on one guitar, without changing pedals or anything like that, I got that happening, right? I switched to the treble pickup for the... Wow. Whole different... And then... Whole different instrument. Yeah. Wow. So it's like using a Les Paul for that is perfect for the two volumes and the top. Yep. Right? Just the way it's set up. And the light. Yeah, of course. That's the thing everyone's going to look at. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. We're going to jam, dude? Yeah, we want to play. Black, black dog? Yeah. It ain't rock and roll. Want to do rock dog? and roll? Which one you want to do? Dog? Which one you want to do? I want to do black dog. All right, and I'll do. Can I hit? Get, get. Okay. Da 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 da. Two hits. Got it. <laughs> Let me. Hey mama, hey mama, send the way I move. Gonna make you sweat. Gonna make you groove.
Gotta roll. <laughs> I'm gonna go home, <laughs> dude. I miss the cymbals. I know. <laughs> I, was, I, was gonna, I was gonna get a little drum set, but it was so buried deep into my closet, so I just pulled out the cone because it was right there. Oh, dude, that's so funny. Thanks, dude. dude. So much. Thank you. Hanging out.